Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Today we have a crazy story of revenge against a friend who framed someone. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, I taught my mother-in-law a lesson. I was 19 when I fell in love with Liam, but I was 25 when I realized that his mother would never accept me no matter what I did. As much as I wouldn't want to describe what I had with Liam as a love at first sight, what we shared was tangible. I met Liam in Mexico on what was more like an impromptu getaway. I was booked for college and I decided to explore the last summer before I officially became a college student. I remember that I'd hopped on the trip at the very instance I heard of it. I like to believe that you don't get to be young twice so it was easy for me to live up to the name Dora the Explorer. I enjoyed every bit of that trip, and when I taught I had experienced maximum fun, something dramatic happened. Our tour guide had recommended a last-minute beach hangout for my friends and me. Even though I'd enjoyed myself to the brim, I couldn't refuse the invitation to explore more. It was summer, and summer was meant to be enjoyed. Our flight was scheduled for 8am on Wednesday, but a hangout on the beach on the eye of our travel looked very attractive so we hopped on the offer. The sun suddenly looked glam and the sand felt soft. The ambiance was a perfect distraction for my wandering mind. And as much as I was lost in the serenity and serendipity of the beach, my mind wandered here and there. I wondered what college would look like or even feel like. Even though it didn't matter, I wondered if the boys would like me. I thought about the girls too. Would my height irritate them or would it be my long straight legs that made me look like a figurine? I didn't know what it would be, but I wondered what it would be. I was still lost in my gibberish thoughts when my friend Sophia approached me with a heap of sand. I was never left unguarded, but it was too late before I realized that I was her target. She dragged me away from the Adirondack chairs which had become my accomplice in daydreaming. She rubbed the sand on my legs and my thighs while she dared me to retaliate. I took the dare and ran after her. We laughed around happily like preteens. At that moment, nothing else mattered. Not even the boys I would meet in my class at college. All I wanted to do was rub a larger quantity of sand on Sophia as well. I was so focused on my mission that I didn't notice a group of boys in stylish vintage shorts and shirts. They were in their world, enjoying and taking pictures. By the time I saw them, it was too late for us all. I crashed into them like a heavy ship. My long legs and my body didn't make things easier. All eyes rolled in our direction and I felt a bit of shame at that point. I blamed myself for being too wild with happiness. I should have ignored Sophia and concentrated on the sun and the sea waves. When I managed to regain my composure, I was shocked to see the impact of the collision. The boy closer to me got more shock than he bargained for. While everyone was already up, he was still wriggling in pain. I didn't know what to do and worst of all, his phone was nowhere to be found. At that point, Sophia and I knew we had bitten more than we could chew. I became very irritated. I was enjoying the solitude of my thoughts before Sophia interrupted with her big energy. I wished I didn't play along. After almost 20 minutes of what seemed like a play on the sand, we finally found the phone. It was a great relief. I was happy I could finally move on with my day. Then I heard, thanks to you I won't get any pictures this summer. I was startled by that voice as it came with a heavy accusation and regret. 
That voice belongs to Liam. In a split second, I moved towards him. I was suddenly overwhelmed with so much guilt and sympathy. I was more interested in helping out in any way possible. Thankfully, I had my phone with me. I didn't even ask if he was still interested in getting pictures for the summer. I was more concerned about keeping the memories for him. I took several shots, even though he was camera shy. He begged me to stop as he laughed heartily and leaped on the sand. I ran after him as well. At that moment, we forgot the pain and the disappointment we'd experienced before. We were so lost in the moment. That was the beginning of friendship, love, and forever. The only thing I wanted to do in Mexico was to have fun, but I was lucky to have found love as well. After the vacation, I finally resumed college. Ordinarily, that ought to have been the end of what I found with Liam, but I was surprised that we grew on each other. Liam was rounding off college and it was easy for him to spare me some time. He helped me through all the worries, phobias, and the freshman fever I had. He was always a call or a DM away. We had our issues, and distance was one of them. I lived and schooled in California, and he lived and schooled in South Carolina. Our visits were scheduled, and I couldn't just hop on the next available bus to visit him. I didn't believe that I had trust issues, but I knew some girls were trying to be at the center of his life. Deep down, I knew Liam wouldn't break our bond, but I couldn't help with the anxiety I felt. The last scenario between me and one of those girls was the closest I got to fighting another girl because of a boy. I remember how much I sounded ridiculous to myself, even though I tried hard to convince myself that I was right. I don't like to remember the scenario, but it has managed to live rent-free in my head. That night, Liam had cajoled me to attend a birthday party with him. Not that I was keen about it, but he wanted to seize that moment and show me off. While I reeled in the happiness and looked forward to a great night, I was shocked to notice the cold reception I got from the girls at the party. It was a rude shock to me. After enduring a lot that night, I got the worst look when it was time for Liam and me to leave the party. Lucy, the birthday girl, didn't want him to leave, and it was so awkward because Liam couldn't make such a decision without considering my feelings. She grumbled and frowned at me for making Liam leave her party early. I knew I had to react when she said, Are you truly leaving because of this tramp? I knew all heck had been let loose. That was it for me. I stood up with aggression strong enough to take down the girls in that room. How could another girl tramp shame me because of a boy? Thank God for Liam, I could have been arrested for assault. That night was such a nightmare. Liam apologized several times and made it obvious that the girls had nothing on him. I believed him eventually, but more heartbreaks were still to come. We decided to get married after four years. To be honest, I knew I shouldn't have married Liam when I did, but I blamed it all on love. Aside from Lucy, Liam's mother was another thorn in my flesh. I seemed to irk her in every way, and to make matters worse, she preferred Lucy for her son on the claims that she was best friends with Lucy's mother. I saw the signs and I read the flags, but I thought all I needed was Liam's love. I remember how much Sophia warned me about such dramas. She knew it never ends well for anyone, but I staked it all for love. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. 
Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. When Liam took me home to meet his community, I shuddered at the way everyone made me feel unwanted and alien, and his mother made sure it was very obvious for me to see. Liam's mom made it clear that she wanted Lucy for her son and she was ready to do everything she could to make it happen. Despite the messy situation, Liam had a way of making me feel like the queen in our kingdom, and the truth was that what was what mattered. But I was wrong, and I was going to find out the hard way. At first, what mattered most was what Liam and I shared. I knew love because I knew Liam, and it was beautiful in every sense. Despite the toxicity around us, we were inseparable. He would check up on me so much that I lost count of how many times he did in a day. He made sure I was loved and I didn't slack either, and it got merrier for us when he joined me in California after we got married. To be honest, I needed to stay far away from all the dramas in South Carolina. It was beautiful and I couldn't have it any other way. The first time Liam's mom visited us in California, I thought I'd finally won her over. She was impressed with how much better her son fared without her strong supervision. I made sure to monitor her smile well enough, and I could distinctly tell that they weren't genuine. Deep down, I knew she wasn't happy that Liam was finally getting the life he deserved. As much as she wanted Liam to be her little champ, Liam still had to grow up and make some real-life decisions like marriage. There were times I tried to not be too critical of my mother-in-law, but the more I saw through her, the more I knew she was a control freak. She wanted to control everything and everyone, and she didn't like the people that tried to stand up to her excesses. For instance, she wanted me to be a vegan because she was a vegan, and she never liked the idea that Liam had always wanted to move to California. She would rather have him in South Carolina. She didn't care about the prospects that he had if moved. She just must have the final say. Every other girl that Liam had gone out with had had to tremble at her presence, and I couldn't blame them for it. She made it easy for them to do. She was powerful, rich, and influential. She wanted her family to look like a prize so badly that it was difficult for her to hide it. I couldn't be swayed anyway. I knew who I was and I needed no validation to feel like a queen. To top it off, I was determined to fight for what Liam and I shared. Her visit to California was short but intentional. I knew her too well to trust her fake smile. But what I didn't know was how determined she was to ruin my marriage with Liam. I can't place why my guts irritated her, but I hated that she wanted another woman for her son. Why not me? I was kind, loving, understanding, stylish, and smart. I didn't allow Liam to pay all the bills by himself. I was good. But I guess being good doesn't do the deal. She tried to get close to me and feigned so much niceness until I let my guard down. I regretted allowing her into my space. I didn't know she was eavesdropping on my conversation one afternoon when I was on my off day at work. I had an associate that didn't care I was a married woman. Suddenly, he became so attracted to me that he was almost behaving out of candor. On the day I had the phone conversation, I agreed to meet up with him in an open park. I needed him to know that whatever he had in his mind toward me should be trashed. Although his desires irritated me, I knew that he was a good man deep down. I didn't tell Liam because I knew I could keep the situation at bay. 
and honestly I knew I could. I did meet with Mr. Williams eventually and we had a warm hug and a lengthy conversation. He'd been a longtime colleague and I needed to help him discard any unwholesome feelings that he was nursing. I got the best of my mother-in-law before she left for South Carolina. She was warm, open, and even looked prettier to me. If only I knew that she was a snitch that came to destroy. Two weeks later, Liam and I went for our annual vacation. We were in Miami when he got a mail on his phone. I could tell that there was a fire on the mountain the moment he read the mail. I didn't know what was at stake, but I could tell that he was deeply troubled. Liam didn't say anything to me, and it was unusual. He withdrew from me, even though we were in a warm embrace. At first, I thought he wanted to have time off to himself, so it wasn't much of a bother at that time. I was shocked to see how much he had withdrawn from me three hours after he got that mail. I was forced to ask him if he got sacked at work or anything. He had no answer to give me, and he made it so obvious that he didn't. Eventually, our vacation was caught short and we had to return home earlier than scheduled and my mental health was in shambles. Our vacation was what we looked forward to, but what I got was not what I ever envisaged. Liam was so cold that I feared he was getting a divorce. That was the worst version of him I ever got. When Liam wouldn't divulge what the problem was, I took it upon myself to find out. I was desperate at that point. The last resort was to access the email that changed everything, and it was even difficult to access the email because the password had been changed. At that point, I screamed out in frustration and anger. If you wanted to get a divorce, at least be honorable about it, I shouted at him in exasperation one evening, and his reply was shocking. If you wanted to get a divorce, why go about it shamefully? I'd been everything to you, Dora. I've been a good husband, but a bad son to my mother just so I could please you. Yet you had to stoop so low, Liam shouted as I watched him storm out. At that point, I knew I had to act fast if I didn't want to run mad. Even while I felt so, I was so disappointed in Liam. No matter what he had been told, I expected him to at least speak up. In my desperation, I had to think of all of the possible passwords to his email until I found it. I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw what had been causing the rift in my home. Lucy had forwarded some obscene pictures of William and me in compromising positions. I even saw a picture where he pecked me on the cheeks. I had been followed. I stood transfixed and outrightly motionless. How could I convince Liam that I've never cheated on him with Williams or anybody else? At first, I broke down in hot tears. If anything, I didn't deserve the pain and the betrayal I got at that time. I was broken, but I knew I couldn't stay broken. I was determined to get to the root of such false allegations. For a whole week, I couldn't think of what to do or how to get my revenge. Then, for the first time, the universe was in my favor. I was driving around town after the close of work on a lucid Tuesday evening. I was reluctant to go back to a husband that wouldn't speak to his wife. Then, in a flash, I sighted Williams. My heart was warm and cold at the same time. I hated that I liked him as a friend, but the friendship I liked was going to be the end of what I cherished the most. I reached out for my cell phone. I desired to speak to him. I realized that I was yet to inform him about my predicament. I felt he could help me speak to Liam, but I was shocked to the bone at the sight of what I saw. I didn't believe it at first, but it was just what I saw. How could Lucy be in California at that time? And why did she hug Williams with such excitement and satisfaction? What was going on? Fortunately, they were headed somewhere. 
and I realized that I could decide to find out the truth or wallow in misery for life. I got off my car and followed discreetly, and I didn't forget to take good snapshots as I followed Williams and Lucy. I respected myself for having the stamina to withstand the shock I got at the sight of my mother-in-law. She was so elated and warm, even as she laughed heartily. They all seemed to be in sync. I decided that I'd seen enough when they had drinks and did big cheers. I went back home and cried my eyes out. Everyone around me was bent on ruining my happiness. Nothing could explain why Williams would do big cheers with my enemies. He was my friend, and he knew these people. More than ever, I wanted my mother-in-law to suffer. She had succeeded to instigate everybody against me and she needed to pay. First, I dealt with Williams. I made him understand that I knew he had been a fake friend all along, and I was going to report him to the authorities. I didn't expect what he did next, but that was what I wanted. He broke down and began to recount how my mother-in-law had approached him to seduce me and lure me to bed. At first, he declined, but the offer was juicy, so he agreed. To top it off, he was sleeping with Lucy all along. They planned to destroy my marriage with Liam. I recorded everything and sent it to Liam when I got home. I made sure I sent it when he was at home. The revelation of the truth shocked him and he also broke down in tears. He severed all ties with his mom and blocked Lucy on all platforms. I could see the pain in his mother's eyes when he asked her to leave us the heck alone on a video call. That pain was my own revenge. I left Lucy alone to view the happy life Liam and I created for ourselves. This is exactly what she deserves if she's going to be so maniacal and try to twist things up and just outright be a terrible mother and mother-in-law. I'm glad OP's partner has the sense to recognize that and stick with OP. That said, our next story is, my friend tried to set me up for something she stole. My revenge cost her an entire academic year. My revenge story was a bitter one for me. It was different in that I've got no satisfaction from doing it, but it was something I felt I had to do. The story of my former best friend and I started when we were teenagers. I was 16 and she was 17 and in her senior year at the time. The week before that, something had happened that alerted my mother and made her very worried. My best friend before this, former best friend I got revenge on, and I went to the mall together and I shoplifted a lipstick, a bottle of perfume oil, and a pair of socks. It was not my first time shoplifting, but it was the first time I pushed my luck that far. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Before that day, I never picked more than one item. One time I shoplifted and the security called my mother, but I promised her that it was a mistake. I'd been admiring the notepad and forgot to add it to my cart. When my friend and I were caught and my mom was called a second time, she decided that there was something wrong with me and that I needed to talk to a therapist. There's something wrong, you have to talk to a professional, she said to me. I'm fine mom, I'm sorry, I just got caught up in the whole... No, we are nipping this in the bud. I am not dealing with another case of kleptomania. My mom's older brother had kleptomania and his situation frustrated her and her mother when both siblings were children, even after he became an adult. 
She told me that she had to leave the city where she had a great job before I was born because her brother was living with her and he had earned a reputation for having sticky fingers. He got arrested numerous times and was in and out of therapy. My mom got tired of being responsible for him so she decided to leave. She secretly applied for a transfer and left him in their apartment. She also stopped contacting him after that. The truth was, I knew just why I kept shoplifting. Growing up, I was the perfect child. My dad adored me, my mother was proud of me, my teachers loved me, they praised me and held me up as a role model to other kids. Do you see her doing that? Why can't you be that way too? My neighbor would ask her twin daughters whenever I was around. Compliments were great, but they can also be restrictive. I could never be bad like the other kids. I could never be tired. I couldn't even have a bad mood. And in no time, it became suffocating living up to the good daughter, good everything reputation. One day I went to a store and decided to pick a gum. It was silly and insignificant, but it made me feel bad. And I badly wanted to feel like I too could do bad things. I would go to the supermarket and pick little stuff up. Things I didn't need nor want, but they made me feel bad. And feeling bad made me feel good. I started to go to the mall and pick stuff that I could use. A tiny travel size shampoo, mouthwash, lip gloss, crayons, etc. My mom was a single mother struggling to make things work for me. I was too terrified of letting her down, so I begged her and promised that I did not need therapy. I knew and understood just what I was doing. It is not enough to be aware that your actions are bad. What are you doing to make sure it never happens again? I do anything, mom. I promise it'll never happen again. She says, start by going to therapy. Her decision was final. I braced myself for what was to come. My mom's friend recommended a therapist and we went to see her. She suggested group therapy for me and my mom agreed and thanked her. There is no way I'm doing that, I yelled in the car. We've spoken about this, my mom said. You will do whatever it takes to get well. I said, but mom, I'm fine. I was just acting out. She says, we don't know that. I'm sure my brother thought he knew just what he was doing too. From stealing this to stealing that. And that's how you get caught and your life ends. I felt my mom was blowing things out of proportion. Mom, I promise, no, don't make any promises to me unless it's a promise to be present at all your meetings and return with changed behavior. I look up at my mom and saw something that I'd never seen before, dread. It was at one of my meetings that I met my former best friend. The old best friend's parents warned her to stay away from me after I confided in her about my habits and we were caught. She was a grade above mine in school and we'd never spoken but I saw her around a lot. When she saw me, she nodded her head at me and I nodded back. That was the beginning of our friendship. She told me about how she started group therapy. Her mother had caught her stuffing her pants with stuff from the supermarket when they went grocery shopping. It was not the first time, so she panicked and called her dad who also panicked and made her start seeing a shrink. But her situation only got worse. I'm going to be honest, since I came here I felt nothing more than the urge to steal more, she told me. I remember thinking, gosh, I hope that's not the case with me. That's crazy, I said to her. You know what's crazy? My mom decided that I'm a kleptomaniac based on a two-time incident. Tell me about it. My mom packed when the mall security called her. People just throw words around these days, you know? Just randomly slapping mental health issues on anyone without a proper diagnosis. Were you ever diagnosed by a professional? I asked her. No. Were you? No, I wasn't. We became very close friends, hung out together and all that. I visited her often in her house and she visited me too. 
We hardly ever spoke in school though because she had her own friends group, a group of cool girls who knew nothing about her situation. As months passed, I stopped my bad habit, mostly because I knew just how worried my mom was about me. I couldn't even imagine disappointing her, not after she'd given up so much for me. I stopped group therapy and spoke to a shrink instead. That helped and I completely stopped. My friend, on the other hand, would go back to her old habits now and then. It was her way of acting out. When she was stressed, hurt, angry, or frustrated, she would go out there and take something that didn't belong to her. I was always there for her. Not once did I blame her whenever she had a relapse. It was frustrating, but I never gave up on her. She had the worst time of her life when she stole from someone in her friend's group. Her friends turned on her and since she couldn't tell them about her problem, they thought she was trying to be mean to the other girl. It was so bad that one of the girls hit her. They caught her while they were all getting dressed for a school dance and sent her out. Since she couldn't call her mother to come pick her up, she'd have to tell her what happened. She called me. I told my mom and we drove over to the address to pick her up. Her friends told everyone in school about what had happened, so she stopped going to school. She was too ashamed to continue schooling in our school, and we were already far into the school year. She stayed back home for the rest of the school year and finished her senior year in a different school. All through the period of her not being in school, I was there for her and with her. We went out together, I defended her whenever we went out together, and any of her old friends tried to confront her or attack her. She was so grateful for my support and genuine friendship that one day, she bought me a keychain and asked me to ask her for anything. I said, anything? Yes, anything, and I'll do it. I said, okay, can I think about this? She said, of course. It was funny what she was asking because I couldn't think of anything that she could do for me or what she expected me to ask for. When I got to my house and thought more about her offer, a thought came to mind. I was going to ask her for something that I'd always wanted, for us to go to the same college. We had the same interests and both wanted to do something related to literature. I couldn't think of a way to have a more fun-filled college experience than for us to be together. We were already close friends and knew all that we needed to know about each other. I also had many of my fun moments with her. She was funny, spontaneous, and the kind of friend that knew just how to have a good time. I told her the next day and she smiled and agreed. Really? Yes. Just when I was about to leave her house that evening, she said, You know, I feel flattered that you even asked for that. It was an emotional moment for us, and we both were determined to work very hard so we can be accepted by the college of our choice. Our freshman year was fantastic. My friend hadn't had a relapse in a long time and we had a great life. We made two more friends on campus, one was in her sophomore year and the other worked as a teaching assistant to a professor but was quite young too. In our sophomore year, the four of us rented an apartment just outside the campus together and we had a lot of fun together. One day, however, our third friend's money went missing. She worked as a stripper on very rare occasions, so she usually made a good amount of money in cash. On one of the weekends, she brought home a bundle of cash and hid them in her drawer, then went to visit her boyfriend. When she returned, the money was nowhere to be found. She looked everywhere and alerted the rest of us. The rest of us were in our rooms when she went out to see her boyfriend, so we did not understand what was going on. I never thought my friend could have taken the money. I didn't even think it was stolen. I just assumed that she took it to her boyfriend's house. Or she never even brought it to the house and took it from the strip club she worked in. You probably never brought it home, I said to her. I did. I'm pretty sure I did. I remember counting it and keeping it in my drawer. We all consoled her and returned to our rooms. 
That night, the girl who had lost her money asked to see me. I went into her room and she locked the door. She then asked if I thought my best friend took it. Why would you even think that? Well, I know about her condition. I said, geez, I can't believe you'd bring that up. Yeah, we both struggled, but she stopped for more than a year and she's better now. She said, okay. I was irritated that she'd not just think about it, but also talk to me about it. Also, we both dealt with this, so who's to say that I didn't take it? You didn't. Why are you so sure about that? I just am. I'm pissed that you would say this. Please don't ask her about it. You're only going to hurt her. I walked away that evening with a heavy heart thinking about what a terrible mistake we made telling them about something like that. I was so certain that my best friend did not steal that money, so you can imagine how shocked I was when she came to me nearly a week later and confessed to stealing the money. I was disappointed, of course, but I managed to mask it. I genuinely felt sorry for her and promised that we'd fix it together. I asked her to return the money. I can't let her know that I took it. That'd be too embarrassing. I said maybe, but at least she know that you're honest and you'd earn her trust. It's not your fault. I'm sure she can understand that. She agreed to do as I said and I hugged and comforted her. I hate myself, she said as she sobbed. I asked her later if she'd return the money and she said she had. I was glad and never asked the girl whose money was stolen about it. Since I'd defended my friend, I felt too embarrassed to talk to her about it. What I did not know was that my best friend went to our roommate, lied to her that I took the money and was too embarrassed to be honest about it, so I gave it to her and confessed about stealing it and asked her to hand the money to our roommate on my behalf. My roommate believed her and she never asked me about it because she didn't want to embarrass me. But she told our fourth roommate and all of them agreed to keep their stuff away from me. I didn't find out about this until later when my roommate stole a very pricey diamond ring that belonged to her sister-in-law. Her brother and her brother's then-girlfriend were in a long-distance relationship. She lived in the city where we schooled and he wanted to propose to her via a phone call, so we sent the ring to his sister, my roommate. She was so excited about the proposal that she called us all to admire the ring. We were all in awe and talked about how we hoped to get something like that someday. Plus, the proposal story was just sweet. That evening, the roommate who brought the ring went to the library, leaving me and the other two in our rooms. I was studying in my room all through that night, so I went to bed very late. I was still sleeping the next morning when I was awoken by a loud piercing sound. I fumbled for my eyeglasses and walked out of my room to the kitchen where the sound came from. My roommate was the source of the noise. You better have a good reason for waking me up, I said. My best friend who was holding her by the arm told me that she had lost the ring she showed us the night before. How? What? How did that happen? I don't know, it was just there the night before. She pointed at her room, which was, at the time, widely opened. My brother was going to be so disappointed, she burst out crying. I started to panic. First it was the missing money, now a super expensive diamond ring. I started to wonder if my best friend stole it. We went into her room and started to search everywhere with her. After a full hour of searching, it was clear that the ring wasn't in that room. I don't think we're going to find this ring. Someone stole it. That was my roommate whose money was taken before. My heart started beating fast. Did my best friend steal it? I became very defensive. What do you mean? Well, things have been missing a whole lot in this house of late, she replied and walked away. The roommate who lost the ring was still in tears. I signaled to my former best friend and we went into my room together. I know this might look weird, but I started. I know what you're going to ask, but I promise I did not take it. 
She interrupted before I even said anything. You didn't? She said, no, I'd tell you if I did. I swear I was on the phone with my mom all through that evening and then I slept off. I believed her. She always confided in me, so I had no reason to doubt her. I was mad at our other roommate for trying to bring up the money she took, but I couldn't help but notice her lack of interest in the conversation. I waved it off and went about my day. My best friend also went to her classes. That afternoon, the roommate whose money got missing barged into my room. Before I could ask why she was so rude, the roommate whose ring got missing followed closely behind her. We've been waiting for her to leave. Who? I didn't understand them. Well, we didn't want your best friend protecting you. Give us the ring or we'll involve the police in school security, she said. I said, what? What are you talking about? She said, don't try to be vague. You did that when you stole my money and it worked. It won't work anymore. That ring cost thousands. Give it to us and we'll pretend that this never happened. After a lot of back and forths, I realized what was going on. My best friend had told them that I stole the money. She begged them not to confront me too. She'd also assured me that she knew I stole the ring and was going to convince me to give it to her and then she'd return it to them. I could not believe that someone could be so evil and there was no reason for her to be. I had been nothing but kind to her and so were the other girls. I marched with the other girls into her bedroom and we began to search everywhere. My best friend walked in on us searching and was hysterical, but I could not be stopped. She saw in my eyes that I was onto her. I kept searching till I found the ring. While our other roommates marveled at her wickedness, I called the school security department and reported her. My university had zero tolerance for theft, so she was immediately sent to the school's disciplinary committee, after which she was suspended for a year. I still shiver when I think of how she tried to set me up for something she had done. At least in the end, OP was able to prove their innocence in the situation. Honestly, I don't think there's anything more annoying than being pinned for doing something awful or negative that you in no way ever did. I think it's one of the most frustrating feelings you can experience. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.